What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Around the League podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jake. And uh, we're back after taking a week break or so. Uh, we ha- I had a nice Thanksgiving, happy belated Thanksgiving to everyone out there. How was your Thanksgiving, Jake? It was great, actually. Spent time with family and friends. Couldn't ask for a better time. So I want to wish a happy Thanksgiving to all of, all of our followers of the Around the League podcast out there. I hope they uh, had a great one. Yeah, it was uh, definitely nice to see family, friends who I haven't seen in a little bit. And uh, But I'm excited to get back to this after you know a little break, and we have a lot to get to today. Uh, we'll get into James Harden and his controversial dunk or no dunk and what I think is kind of a ridiculous protest by the Rockets. But we'll get into that. We'll get into a proposed new NBA schedule. But first, uh, what happened as actually – within hours of us recording this and what happened now when you guys listen to it will be yesterday. Uh, the Knicks have fired David Fisdale after a four and 18 start to the season. They lost by 37 points uh, on Thursday night. And yeah, so another Knicks coach fired. Um, that's 13 coaches now since 1995. And What's your take on it? I'll let you go first because I have so much to say, but I'm at a loss for words right now with what I want to say, but go ahead. I mean, you can't keep giving the Knicks too many more chances. I mean, they've had their chances with talk about guys like Melo and Kristaps Porzingis and the list goes on and on. But, I mean, there's really no type of blueprint or plan for the Knicks, it seems like. You talk about their front office and – Front office is just terrible, and well, I, I think you hit it right on the head there <laughs> with where where that stands, and it it starts in the front office, and I think the number one person it starts at is the owner James Dolan. But keep going, it's it's terrible, and I mean, you talk about some of the GMs that they've had over the years. You talk about a guy like Isaiah Thomas, again, great player. He led you know, a late 80s Pistons team to the finals and was a great leader for them, but he's not a good GM. I mean, you talk about a guy that, you know, traded two first-round picks for a guy like Eddie Curry. Then he signed uh, Jerome James to a $30 million contract. He traded for Steve Francis, hoping that Steve Marbury and, and him would coexist. So a lot of, like, controversial decisions there and just wasn't a good GM for them. And then Phil Jackson, another guy, Again, a great coach for the Bulls and, and the Lakers. And, you know, obviously he, you know, had, had some great runs there and, you know, obviously coached some of the best players of all time. But, again, he's not a good GM. So it's just – it's bad decisions. And a lot of it has to do with drafting. A lot of it has to do with missing out on guys, you know, in free agency like they couldn't capitalize this offseason with – not landing Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving or all the all the names that they hope to land. Instead, that you end up with a loaded you know front court that includes guys like Bobby Portis, uh, Julius Randle, and and you know other other names you know the likes of you know those guys. And and it's just they aren't focusing on the source of the problem. You know, you talk about Fizdale, a guy that's been with the Heat and you know, was very liked by guys like LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. And he goes over to the Grizzlies, doesn't do too hot there, uh, or he didn't do too bad. But then goes then, then the Knicks pick him up, and 
you know, he had one of the worst, uh, obviously one of the worst uh, win percentages in, you know, during his short term there with the Knicks in, in franchise history. But I don't think they're focusing on the source of the problem. I don't think it's you, – you mentioned they've had 12 different head coaches throughout the span since, you know, James Dolan's been in office. But they really haven't been focusing on the source of the problem. I don't think it's, you know, Fizz's – I mean, and we know Fizz very dearly, you know, as Miami fans. And I, I just don't think they're focusing on the source of the problem. I think that, you know, they should be focusing – again, they don't – the problem is with the Knicks is that, you know, sure they have a big market. Sure they can offer the money. But the problem is, from a competitive standpoint, they really haven't sold anything. Uh, you talk about teams that have sold stuff from a, a, compa- a competitive standpoint, like the Clippers and the Nets, who last year they were, you know, both teams that were in the midst of a playoff run. And, you know, they sold something to guys like Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving and Paul George and well, and well, guys I'll like that, this. so they're selling something I'll tell you, from I'll tell a competitive you the standpoint. And the I'll Knicks tell you the difference. I'll tell you the difference between those franchises and the Knicks. All three of them, have, you know, go back 20, 25 years, longer than that. They've all been laughing stocks of the league. Together at one point, different times at other points. The difference is, and you bring up a good point, the owner. The Clippers, I see that we could do a whole episode on their own, you know, their former owner and he had to sell the team, blah, blah, blah. They got a new owner. Look what happened. The team starts success. The Nets, they got a new owner and now, you know, they got kind of another new owner, but even then success, the number one problem with the New York Knicks is James Dolan. His ownership. Yeah. You can't, you, you listen, something really bad needs to happen for the NBA to step in and say, Hey, you need to sell it. Like what happened with the Clippers, which obviously you can't make an owner sell the team. But I think that's the only way (laughs) the problem is solved here. David Fisdale was not the problem. He's not the problem. I don't care how you look at it. And, you know, I know fans of the Knicks. Oh, he he didn't like the rotation. This, that you look, let, let me give you, Okay. David Fisdale, 21 and 83 in a season and a quarter, basically, with the Knicks. The head person who who makes basketball decisions for the New York Knicks is Steve Mills. Steve Mills has been with the team for 13 years, okay? Do you want to know what his record is? 350 and 656. 656 losses. Like, why is the coaches – They've had now, including Fizz, who got fired today, 13 coaches that have been there since James Dolan has hired. What are they – the only two coaches who have above 500 winning percentages is Jeff Van Gundy, okay, who in his time there, they did very well for themselves, and Mike Woodson. That was when Mello was really in his prime. They had a pretty good team. They had Amari Stoudemire. Those are the only two coaches, Okay. Every other coach, okay, and I can run through guys, you know, they had Larry Brown, a Hall of Fame coach, okay? Uh, Mike D'Antoni, who was a very good coach. Jeff Fisher, that was kind of an experiment. Jeff Hornacek, who, another kind of young, younger coach. Um, Isaiah Thomas, who you mentioned as the GM, he was also the coach, not, didn't do so well. Mm-hmm. It's, it starts up top, and that's the problem. You also mentioned draft picks, Okay. Draft picks are a big name, thing. Let me name you a few a few guys who they've drafted in the past couple years, okay? 
Frank Nielakina. Okay. By the way, uh, in that draft, they they passed up on Dennis Smith, and then when Porzingis was like, "Hey, I'm not going to stay here long term," they traded him for Dennis Smith Jr. So that's okay, kind of exactly. ironic. Okay, Frank Nielakina, 2017. What has he done? Okay. Um, Kevin Knox, R.J. Barrett, you still need to give him some time. Still young. I think R.J. Barrett will do well. Kevin Knox hasn't done too bad for himself. Mitchell Robinson, they hit on. Uh, second round pick, Damian Dotson. What has he done? Uh, Clay Anthony Earl, is he even still in the league, a second round pick in 2014? Um, Iman Shepard, he was there two years. They traded him. Uh, let's see. Jordan Hill. Where's Jordan Hill now? Danilo Gallinari got rid of. Wilson Chandler got rid of. Uh, going back, this is now to the early 2000s. Mike Sweeney. Sweeney. Yeah, Sweeney. Where is he? Um, like, I'm naming guys. Mind you, all of these guys that I'm naming for the most part are in the lottery. Can you name any stars out of the guys I just named? No. Maybe their best pick besides Kristop has been Tim Hardaway Jr., and that was with the 24th pick in 2013. And he started off, went to the – he went to a couple teams, came back to the Knicks. The Knicks traded him in the Kristaps Porzingis trade. Hardaway Jr. looks great with the Mavs right now, and that's a whole – you know, with Doncic and all of that. It starts in the front office. Steve Mills and Scott Perry need to be fired. I don't care what anyone says. They need to go. And – Listen, that's the way they make a living, but they're not doing well at what they're doing. Um, well, the mean, way they hire the, – the way – Fisdale with the Grizzlies, he got fired really for a different reason. Him and the star player didn't get along. Now they kind of do Marcus Gasol at the time. Um, but he took them to the playoffs. It's not – any like any coach who they hire, I feel bad for. And I don't know who in their right mind would even want to go coach the New York Knicks. Yes, they're the New York Knicks. When you coach them, you get a, a lot more. You know, you probably get endorsement. Even like a player, you go there, there's a lot more that comes with it. The first name that pops up, you know, and I saw within two minutes of uh, David Fisdo getting fired, who trended on Twitter, was Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson, obviously a New Yorker, played for the Knicks, I believe. He's been rumored to that he should get that job now for years. Will he get it? I don't know. You know, he, I, I like him as an analyst on ESPN, but he coached that Warriors team before they became what they were. Um, who in their right mind even wants to coach the New York Knicks right now? It's frustrating. It's And I'm not even a Knicks fan. So it's like if I'm frustrated with everything that goes on with the Knicks, I can't, I can't only imagine what Knicks fans themselves are going through. And it's like when it – when does the nightmare stop for them? And I've said it two, three times already. It starts at the top and you need to rebuild the top and the front office. But I think they won't get any better until James Dolan sells the team. And I don't think he will sell the team for a long while. I mean, I've gone on and on and, it's not only on the court, it's off the court. James Dolan has had problems with, you know, former players of his. He banned a fan for the fan yelling, sell the team to him. I mean, it's just like, it's a lot, la- it's the laughing stock of the league. They, and frankly, the NBA does better when the Knicks are doing better. You look at the nine, you know, just the NBA, 
everyone wants the Knicks to do better, but they just always find a way to mess it up. I mean, it. they have done nothing right in the past 20 years since Pat Riley left and and went to the Heat, frankly. And they, that's the time when Jim Dolan took over. Uh, James, my, my bad, James Dolan took over the team. Yeah, they're definitely a... You know, one of those big market teams that aren't doing, you know, that, that are just at the at the very bottom right now. You talk about the Lakers that are doing pretty well. The Celtics have a nice team going right now. So, and quite honestly, you bring up the front office and, you know, yeah, if you're a coach, you don't want to be, I wouldn't want to coach for that team. You talk about the ownership and what they've, you know, uh, just the the failures and the and and just they're just not doing a great job honestly and it, it's it's sad because the uh, New York was once you know at the top of basketball you talk about like the 90s with Ewing and once the top of basketball and I honestly think I think one of the main sources of the problem is honestly I, I don't think the Knicks do a great job of uh, drafting players or like scouting draft prospects you look at I mean, for God's sake. Starts I mean, at the top. Start, yeah, exactly. start, starts with the front. Of, for, I have here, and, and well, keep going, keep going. Well, I just want to say, for God's sake, I mean, like, you talk about literally R.J. Barrett is sitting in their lap, literally. Like, please, like, he's he's literally the third pick, and it's like if the Knicks, it's like everyone's on their, on their you know, on their heels and on their toes. Like, if the Knicks don't pick R.J. Barrett, I mean, what 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 more else can you screw up and you talk about you know, and, and Porzingis was obviously one of their better picks, if not one of their best picks. And yeah, the best pick. The, and it was the, probably the most scrutinized pick out of any of the best picks. pick. And it's and it's still <laughs> and it's still like you feel like the Knicks were like, OK, we'll take a chance on a kid from Latvia. So it, it all yeah. starts with, you know, you know, passing up on on on, uh, you know, passing up on, on talent, on, on talent, you know, the, you know, for God's sake, yeah, they had Curry. They had Curry in, 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 in their, you know, in their sight, and they couldn't yeah, they, pick him. They passed up Curry, or when they drafted 2017, Frank Nielakina. Guys that, just a few guys who they passed up on. Donovan Mitchell, Bam Adebayo. Um, even guys like Kyle Kuzma. Even guys like OG Ananobi, who's done pretty well for himself in the NBA. Jared Allen. Um, Josh Hart. You can even go into the second round and, and find guys in that draft. Or, you know, other drafts, Steph Curry, who, who not only them, but the Timberwolves passed up twice on. Um, it's just they find a way to mess up anything and everything that comes into their sights. And, yes, you mentioned R.J. Barrett. <laughs> I feel bad for the kid. Uh, yes, it's only year number one, but – Look, I mean, the kid, at least the kid is not, at least the kid, I mean, you talk, about the, you talk about the, if the first year, at least it's good for RJ Barron in, in this sense, you, you look at if they would have got Kevin Durant or, or both, both Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving or one of the two, at least the kid has his own team technically and he can, you know, yeah, he, but can, what, he what, can sort what of. Is that ever, what is that ever going to evolve to? Because he's not the GM. He's not the. He he doesn't make decisions, and 
I'm just saying, at it's least for like, his it, growth, I think it's a little bit. Obviously, he's not in a thriving situation, but it's just like Kristaps. Kristaps, you know, he wasted, in my opinion, however long he was there. You know, two, three, four years of his career. Yeah, he was doing great, but you know, yeah, he's in RJ Barrett averaging 14 points, five rebounds, three assists, shooting 40 percent from the field, but it in in all it won't make a difference because no matter what he's locked in there through his rookie deal, which is four or five years. And even then, you know, after that, you know, that's four or five years of his career that's wasted because he's on the Knicks. Any guy, you know, and he's very talented. That's the thing. RJ Barrett is a, is a guy who you build your franchise around, but with the Knicks in some way or another, they'll screw it up. And yeah, it's, it's just what more, can they, you know, how can they fix it? And there's, it doesn't look like a way yeah, to fix it. I mean, just, just one more thing. Like I said before, I mean, last thing I'll say is that like I reiterated before, there's nothing they're putting out on the floor to a free agent. That's like, wow, I want to come to New York. Of course you got the bright lights of Madison square garden. New York's a great city. You know, all the, the lights and the drama and the, and the attention and all that. But again, they're off. Of course, they got a lot of cap space. But again, if if you can't put out a good again, you can't get Kevin Durant. You can't get Kyrie Irving. You know, you can look what up the more? list of names. But again, if you're not putting out a competitive like like the Nets, like I said before, made a made a solid run in the Eastern Conference. Clippers, same thing. Took the Warriors to six games. If you can't be putting out a competitive show that you want to win. A free agent will not want to come to New York. That's the thing. Why are Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? They said, let's go to New York. But instead of going to Madison Square Garden, they went to the Barclays Center. Tell me something's not wrong there. The, the New York Knicks, just in themselves, players should be running, like should, should be, you know, drooling over, you know, like the thought of them playing in Madison Square Garden. Just signing with the Knicks, you get endorsement deals. You get, you know, your face all over New York City. You know, you are the guy. New Yorkers will embrace you. They, they will love you like, you know, they're your own. And it's like no one wants to go there because, again, <laughs> some guy named James Dolan is there and he owns the team. So why would anyone want to go there? Yeah, I mean, it's, but, it's, it's more than just James. I mean, it, obviously the main focus is the main problem is James Dolan. But it's James there's Dolan, a lot of, Steve there's a Perry, lot of, and Scott Perry. Uh, Steve, Steve Mills and Scott Perry. I'll agree. That, I think those are the three guys who I think, you know, need to go. Scott Perry and Steve Mills, it's much easier to get rid of them. But it doesn't seem like they're going anywhere anytime soon because yeah. Scott Perry's been there for many years. Steve Mills has been there for 13 years and hasn't done much and. James Dolan just doesn't want to seem to get yeah, rid of them. Everything so. stems from James Dolan. I, I mean, I, I agree. Yeah. So. But listen, I, we could, I could do a, you know, a whole show on this and, and complain here and there, and they're not even my team that I root for. But let's go on to, um, on I believe, Tuesday night, uh, the Rockets and Spurs played with about seven uh, minutes and 50 seconds left in, I believe, the third or fourth quarter. Um James Harden on a fast break, he went and dunked the ball and he dunked it so hard that the net actually came and the ball, like it looked like didn't even go in. But what happened was, is the net went and like wrapped around itself 
and the official called it a no basket. They kept play. The Rockets couldn't believe it. The Rockets then tried to use a coach's challenge, which the refs after the game said, which no one even knew that you only have 30 seconds. They did it after the 30 seconds, which seems like, you know, the NBA made that up. Um, the Rockets now are protesting the game and want the game replayed from that point on. But mind you this, and I'll let you take it from here. The score at the time, the Rockets were winning 102 to 89. Okay. It's not a two point game, not a three point game. They blew that lead and ended up losing to the Spurs in double overtime. Okay. The Spurs have not been good this season. 135, 133. And that's why they want the game replayed because it was a two point game that they lost by. And they think that could have made the difference. So with that, I'll let you take the floor and what do you think on, you know, the whole coaches challenge thing and everything else? Well, I think it's a, obviously it's a, you know, obviously everyone's talking about whether it was a basket or not, the ball went through, it was a basket. The question, yeah, it was a clear the, basket. yeah, the question is though, is that you talk about even more of a thing that I should note or that we should all really note on is that the fact that, with D'Antoni's challenge, because if he gets that challenge to go again, he, he, you know, D'Antoni didn't do really, really do himself a favor because he was over there arguing with the, uh, with the officials about, you know, whether it was, you know, whether it counted or not, whatever. And he actually didn't even request an official review. So by that time, the 30 seconds already passed, you know, that you can, that you can challenge, you know, after the play or whatever. Okay. Uh, yeah, the 30 seconds passed, but at the time, no, I don't think anyone in the NBA, including the refs themselves, knew that you only had 30 seconds of challenge. And after the game, I think the NBA made that up to cover themselves. Well, because um, the, the challenge is new, no? I mean, Well, yeah, that, that's, the thing with the, that's the thing with the challenge, and there's so many I, – I personally, yeah, I kind of like the challenge, um, and, and we'll touch on that as we go deeper into this topic um, – the challenge is new. There's a lot of unclarity about the challenge. Uh, just like in every sport with challenges and, and reviews and stuff like that, it slows down the game. But at the same time, there's still unclarity. And, you know, the uh, officials take more time. It makes the uh, length of the of the whole game go longer. But this is something that is challengeable because it's goaltending, not, you know, basket, not basket. It's something that's challengeable. Um n- there's still a lot of rules that need to be clarified with it. Uh, a lot of coaches are not happy with the way it's going. But the thing that I have the pro- most problem with here is why are they protesting the game? Like what you, you were up by, so, I mean, 15 plus points. What are you protesting? Like it's not, that's not the reason you lost the game. You just completely collapsed. And the Spurs just came back. I It would be different. Okay, let's say it's a three-point game with two minutes left in the game. Yeah, then, okay, you have seven minutes and 50 seconds left in this game. Like, what are you chat? Like, the, the okay, so basically, in NBA history, there have been games where the NBA has said, okay, we'll replay it. The last of sorts that came with the Miami Heat when Shaq, uh, they said he fouled out, and they replayed the game later. And he wasn't even in that game because he ended up getting traded to the Suns, and there was other – you know, games, but all of those games were basically within the last two to three minutes of the game and they replayed it. This, I mean, there's no reason to do what they're doing. Do I think the NBA will let them replay this? No, I I think that 
there's the NBA will look at it and say there's no correlation with the final score and what happened, and that's that. But what what do you think? Do you think the NBA will let them replay this? And what are your thoughts on the coach's challenge? Well, there's definitely a to answer the first part. There's definitely a I guess you know if you talk about you know there has been a, a time that they've replayed in the past, so there's definitely a possibility they could. I think that, yeah, I mean, they did blow a 15-point lead, as you said, and obviously they did have the game at one point, and they allowed the Spurs to come back, which, you know, the Spurs are obviously always going to be, always going to get after it and, and be competitive and, and sort, but, um, you know, you just talk about, you know, the, I think the dunk the dunk was crucial because it ended up being, like, a close game down the stretch. It actually went into double overtime. So it was a close game again. Yeah, they could, you know, they could have not blown 15, a 15 point lead, but again, I mean, you know, there was, there was two options that I read. It was either giving the Rockets the win, which is, I know, I don't think that that should be an option. Honestly, I think that if anything, I mean, you've seen in the it, past, like you mentioned with Shaq and, and the heat, uh, heat versus the Hawks when, you know, he fouled out, um, or they they called that he he felt he had fouled out, but it, I mean they there's a chance. Sorry to cut you off, but if they did that, I think and there's no way they can't. I don't think there's any way they will. Definitely not get, award the Rockets the win. I mean that would just set the NBA off, and I don't think things would ever be the same in the NBA. And there would be a lot of Adam Silver would get a lot of uh, crap for that. But keep going. Yeah, my thought on the coach's challenge, though, I mean, D'Antoni has all the right to be upset, obviously, and so does Harden. And uh, I mean, obviously, it was a made basket. If if they wouldn't have gone and reviewed it, it was a made basket. But like I said before, D'Antoni didn't do himself a favor by, you know, wasting time during those 30 seconds. And again, like like we have said, we've said before, it's, it's a new coach's challenge, and no one knew about the window. Uh, you know, even I'm sure a, a ton of fans didn't even know. I mean, I, I was reading this and was like, wait, there's a window? So, I mean, it's not, it's not a, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not something that's been, you know, right in front of our face, obviously. And, and you know, we, we, did, we didn't know that there was a, a window or, or you know, the, all this coach, coaching challenge stuff is, is new to us. So. And that's, that's pretty much my take on it. Um, like I said before, I don't think there's – yeah, there's momentum in game stuff, but you're up by so many points that there's no excuse for you to lose that game. Um, it's something that <laughs> the, – well, let me put – from the start of the fourth quarter, okay, to double overtime, the Rockets got outscored fifty-four to thirty-six. I don't like. I said, if it's the final two minutes of the game, okay, that you have a point. But there's so much time left in the game, and you're up by so much. It doesn't make a difference that basket. If you're going to do that, then you know a, a missed free throw here. A, you know, uh, at, in the second quarter with seven minutes left to go in the second, you know, I'm just saying, you know, hypothetically, you know, 
you can go back to every little missed basket and say, okay, well, there's a problem here. There's a problem there. He stepped out of bounds here. There should have been a foul here. You go back and start doing that, then you might as well replay the whole game. And, and that goes for every game. You know, it's the, you know, obviously we're Heat fans. I was watching the Heat game the other night when they played the Raptors and Norman Powell, it was clear he stepped out of bounds. The refs didn't call it even on review. And I don't know how the NBA even said after the game that he didn't step out of bounds. It was clear his foot was on the line. Besides the point, the Heat ended up winning the game. Were the Heat going to protest after the game? No. I mean, it's just life goes on. Will this game matter in, in come April? Probably not. The Rockets will be a top four seed in the West, in my opinion. And that'll be that. You know, there's going to be other games this season where, they're, you know, it's just it, it's more of a bad loss than anything to a Spurs team, which they're not the Spurs, you know, they're a different Spurs team than what, what we're normally – uh, seeing from the Spurs and a Greg Popovich team, they're eight and fourteen, um, and in my opinion, it's just a bad loss. Get over it and and move on with your season. I mean, <laughs> you 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 have you know sixty plus more games to go in this season, and and that's that's that. I think there's nothing more to say. I mean the. The more I think about it, I think the more ridiculous a protest. I mean, you might have convinced me, but I think that you know well, this is let, this let is something. This, this, do, that do was, you think do you do you think it's a valid protest? Uh, I mean, as I was getting to, I, I, I mean, again, it's been done before, so it's got to be valid at least. And you know, if it's been done before, I think that that. No, but for, forget I, all the I, other past. Forget the past, you know, with Shaq. And I know there's been other instances back in the 90s and even before that. Is this game with the score 102-89 with seven minutes and 50 seconds left, okay? Is this – if you're Adam Silver in the NBA, are you letting them replay this game? Or replay from that point on and counting the basket and, and – whatever out you know and that and everything and let's see what happens um are you gonna let the i'm leaning more towards no just because i think that i mean you you see james harden as like i mean he could have just i mean he leads you know the league in you know free throws i mean the guy gets to the line what a, yeah. a bunch of times <laughs> i lot. mean you could just literally like yeah drive you know get fouled make one or two free throws or or, you know, three or four, whatever, and, and, you know, that's the game right there. So it's not like it was really – this happened in, what, the third quarter, I want to say? Fourth. Okay, fourth, fourth quarter. So fourth quarter, you know, momentum shifting. You're, you're starting to, you know, blow a lead, whatever. Okay, for what it's worth, for what it's worth, the Spurs are at home. Okay, the Rockets are on the road. But then again, it's a Tuesday night, okay, in December – is it packed with, you know, playoff intensity in San Antonio? No. The, yeah, home court makes a factor because the fans, you go on a run, da-da-da. To me, it doesn't – there's nothing that, that says this is, like, a, a major thing in this game. Yeah, I didn't watch the game live. I don't know how momentum after that switched. I think probably what happened – um, and I have seen highlights is the Rockets are probably very upset about it as a team. 
they let their mind wander, you know, as you know, adversity hit them. They didn't know how to deal with it. And they, they kept, you know, thinking back to, well, if we would have made that basket, the game would have been different. And I think that's probably why they lost in double overtime, but they're professional athletes. They shouldn't let one call like that, even though it's such a you know, bad call, but guess what? <laughs> There's been worse calls and bigger, you know, you look at the pass interference call with the saints last year, there's much bigger calls and much bigger games that have happened. And, and, and yeah, that's football, but you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You, I mean, you also got, remember they have a whole, you know, it's not like it's under maybe a minute and, you know, they, yeah, they got, yeah, they got exactly. a whole that's seven minutes. Yeah. They got a whole seven minutes to play. So, <laughs> yes. so it's like, you know, and, and, and you have, it's a, a, a game that goes into double overtime. So you got chances to, to make up for, you know, whatever it may be that you, that you locked, you know, that you, obviously the, the Spurs started to, you know, come back and you have time to make that up. So, yes. I, uh, I, I think that pretty much clear. Uh, I think, I think we both kind of agree in the sense. And um, yeah, I mean, the, it's just, I, and my, real quick to touch, and, and we didn't really get into too much with the coach's challenge, and I kind of touched on it before. I like it, but I don't. I still really don't know how I feel on it. Um, you know, every a lot of other sports now, you know, NHL, NFL, MLB, they all have challenges. NBA implanted one. Um, there's still a lot of gray area with it. So I think that they'll really make adjustments after the season and continue to. And I think, it'll, you know, they'll end up keeping it, but that's that. But obviously the NBA is making adjustments. And with that, we'll get into our next topic. And last week before Thanksgiving, and uh, obviously we didn't have an episode last week, so we couldn't touch on it. But this is something I really did want to touch on is the NBA is proposing a new schedule, um, you know, that would start in 2021, 2022. It would be the 70 fifth anniversary of the NBA since their first inaugural season. And that would be including in the schedule, they would limit, uh, reduce the number of games to 78 from 82. Plus they would have an in-season tournament starting after Thanksgiving. Um, it's to give a little more incentive to the teams. And it kind of goes also with what we've covered before on this podcast with load management. So that way there's, you know, a little more, um, intensity in games uh in november december january when really there is no incentive right now for teams to be going all out and and doing that there would also be a play-in game for the final two playoff spots um there would also be once the conference finals came come playoff time the last four teams standing they would reseed them and you know basically best best record is first seed and go down from there. Uh, they want to pass this as soon as possible. There's an owner's meeting come April. They would like to pass it then. They would need two-thirds of the owners to vote yes on it. Uh, with all that being said, what do you think on it, and uh, how do you like it? I, I'm pretty split between. I think there was four chan- changes in total, if I believe. From the last time mm-hmm. I, I looked at yes. I looked at the changes. I mean, I have notes here, but from before, obviously. 
but basically what they but basically what they want to do and and then i'll let you go uh with the in-season tournament it's kind of like what uh soccer does in europe with the champions league but and i have a point on that but go ahead yeah i think there's a lot of high risk high reward i think that you know that there's been since silver has been commissioned uh, Commissioner, NBA revenues have increased. NBA franchise values have increased. NBA player salaries, they've all increased. So he's done a great job as commissioner, but, you know, so far. But I think this is this is sort of that next step. And I don't think there's too much of a need for some of these things. I think that – I think there was a source that I read that said that TV viewership has been going down. And, uh, you know, that's, that's obviously a problem for the NBA. I think a lot of that has to do with load management, which we've talked about before, guys sitting out, people being like, oh, I don't want to watch the game now because so-and-so's out, like a big, you know, big also, su- superstar. I, also, I think that attributes, especially this season with uh, – and I know they're starting to flex games out, you know, the Warriors, which they don't have any – you know, their team is terrible this year. A lot of them have primetime games. A Zionless uh, Pelicans team have a lot of primetime games. So I think that also contributes too that they have they scheduled games that they thought would be good and the teams have not lived up to the hype. But yeah, but yeah, I, yes, I, I think load man. I agree with you in that with load management. Yeah, and, and yeah, and, and that's and basically in essence what you were saying was was injuries is a huge problem as well. So you know that we didn't obviously didn't see coming, but I to me I think that the NBA should you know keep the tradition as far as. They were going to move the – which isn't a huge difference. I don't mind the change if they move the amount of games played from 82 to 78, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been 82 games since 1967, 1968. So, for me, I think obviously a couple games, not a big deal. But I like keeping the be, tradition yeah. again. It's, it's been – Yeah, something, something we're used to and, and... – yeah, and, and I think that the everyone's used yeah, to. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to go too into it, but the NBA offseason should, you know, well, we touched on low management and injuries. That's why it's been bad. But getting back to all the changes, I honestly think that they should, instead of, well, let's let's take it one by one. In season tournament, I'm not too much of a fan of that. I think that it'd be cool, but. I think it's being a little bit too extra in my eyes, honestly. And I think that, you know, being like other, you know, we're the, this is the NBA. It's not, it's not soccer. And I don't think that I, I don't see the need for an in-season tournament. Really? I think that well, if anything, they yeah, should expand all-star um, all-star, you know, weekend and maybe make it, maybe make all-star weekend longer and not only make all-star weekend uh, weekend longer, but, you know, obviously expand it to a week, but not a, not a week, but like a couple more days. And I think that they should add more to it, you know, and talk about games that you play at the park, knockout, uh, 2v2, 3v3s, so add, so whatever. You're, you're saying just, you're saying just add, you know, like uh, more events to all-star weekend. Which I think they should you're, add. You're, 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 you're you're saying that just off the top of your head, nothing that you've seen or just stuff that you would like. Yeah, happen, stuff right? is a fan. Stuff is a fan that I would like to see. I'm, I'm, 
speaking on this as a fan and from mm-hmm. you know what would i you know what would i want to watch throughout yeah, the season ba- basically and, and I think that that's you, you just want stuff cool. that when kids go to the park and play with their friends you know certain games like horse or or knockout and stuff like that which everyone grew up playing you would like to see that come all-star weekend with you know the nba players on top of the dunk contest and stuff like that yeah i think that adding adding more you know stuff that that kids play around the playground or or i i just think it would be cool to add stuff like that to to all-star weekend expand it and i think that some of the changes that you know, I, I I'm not too much of a a fan of Bam. of uh, of uh, you know the in season stuff. I think that we should more keep the tradition. But but I will say that the reseeding and I think that the uh, you know those teams, those lower tier teams fighting for those those play those last playoff spots. I think th- those are great two great ideas because you look at. Um, you know, maybe like a sleeper, like, like, uh, you know, I hate to compare to other leagues because I, I like to, I like to keep it, you know, more, more geared, uh, you know, more geared around like the NBA and, and like I said, keep the tradition. But I think that, uh, you know, with those last couple playoff spots in each, in each conference, I think it's, it's good to have like a little, uh, matchup, you know, to see if like maybe a sleeper, uh, you know, will get in and, and, and see how that shakes up shakes up the playoffs, and then um, I like the seeding of the reseeding of the top four seeds in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't know I what mean, your take is. That's just that's just my take. I mean, everyone everyone has yeah no 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 yeah no everyone has their opinion. And at first I thought it was pretty cool, but the more you know I read about it and the in season tournament, the thing with soccer is is and I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I do like the Champions League. I'll, I'll watch it from time to time thing is there it's teams that are playing from different it's basically like if the nba the chinese basketball league and the euro league were to all play an in-season tournament with each other that's basically what the champions league is because it's teams that never get to play each other in their normal leagues the nba everyone all 30 teams play each other at least two times a year if not more depending what conference they're in and what division they're in you know they play two three four times a year there's no you know um, that's why I don't think it would be as big of a, um, incentive for the players. Yeah. You know, you could throw money in there, but okay. Realistically speaking, let's say they get a hundred thousand dollars for me, you, and most of the people listening to this. Yeah. That's not like maybe life changing or, you know, it's a good amount of money, but for these players who make millions of dollars, okay, a hundred, an extra hundred thousand dollars. That's nothing to them. I don't know the exact incentives that they're giving them for this in-season tournament. I like tradition. I like, you know, what it is now. Yes. You know, there's been talk re- do reseedings and just the top 16 teams. I don't really have a problem with it, but at the same time, I like the East versus West because, you know, it brings, I don't know. I mean, it's just, there's a lot. I don't mind the 78 game reduction, you know, where they, instead of 82, it would be the 78. I don't mind that, but the rest of it, I'm not really a fan of. Um, the playing games, to be honest, I guess I have no problem with it. Cause really what difference does it make in terms of if you're going to be the eight seed? Uh, Cause most likely you're losing anyway in the first round. So 
okay, you know, it's like last year, um, instead of, you know, the Clippers, who I, I believe were the A seed last year, you could have had the Lakers, the Kings, or even Minnesota make the playoffs. I think the best matchup for the Warriors last year was the Clippers. In terms of uh, competitiveness, I think Sacramento would have got swept. The Lakers wouldn't have done well, and Minnesota would have totally – it wouldn't have even been a series. So you can look at it from all perspectives. Do I think it will get passed? No. I mean, you need two-thirds of the, of the owners to, to vote on it. Plus, you need agreement with the Players Association. I don't think the Players Association will completely agree with everything. Um, and then your idea, which is pretty unique and I kind of like, but at the same time, you expand All-Star Weekend. A lot of these players want more time off. They don't want to. They don't want to be doing, you know, playing basketball over All-Star Weekend. It's kind of their one time of during the basketball season where they can you know, go on vacation with their families and spend time with them because most of the holidays during the NBA season, they're not home, they're on the road. So um, I think, you know, really you brought up a good point with All-Star Weekend is All-Star Weekend is not what it used to be. Um, I even remember when I was little back just, you know, 10, 15 years ago, the games were competitive. You know, it wasn't just a, um, a slam dunk contest in a game. Uh, the slam dunk contest itself was more interesting. Uh, you had bigger name stars. Nowadays, you're not getting, you know, the LeBrons of the world, the the Giannis's, all of those guys. They're not even considering it. You know, now you have Zion, who people want. Who knows if he'll even do it because of his injury, and I think he'll be back by then. But who knows if the Pelicans want him doing that? Who knows if he'll do it? So it's just like All Star Weekend is not as intriguing as it once was, and I think the regular season is pretty intriguing right now because to me, I mean, it's the most competitive NBA you've had in the last 10 years. I mean, the, we touched, again, we touched on this in past episodes with how competitive the NBA is right now. I mean, there's five, six, seven teams that you could say you, you could legitimately have an argument saying they can win the championship. Um, so, to me, again, I don't. I think it's more of a fantasy, if anything, for the NBA. I don't think it will get passed. So it's just interesting to look at and and think about, and it's fun to play with. But I don't think. Do you think it'll get passed? Uh, I I don't know if if all of the changes will necessarily get passed, but what I do know is that they're definitely. It's definitely something that's a major a significant change and i i'm 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 for keeping the tradition and again it's you know all-star like i said i touched on all-star weekend and for me it's 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 all about all-star weekend's all about entertainment i think adding more to that entertainment will certainly because like you said you don't have the LeBron's entering the dunk contest or you, you don't, you look at Vince Carter and, and what he, a show that he put on in, in you know, two, uh, early two thousands and that slam dunk contest. So I, I think that adding more to what is already, again, you don't have the faces that you would want to see in all-star weekend, obviously besides the all-star game. 
But mm-hmm. I agree. If you add more to what is an already entertaining or what is supposed to be an entertaining weekend, I think that that'll definitely uh, up the viewership and and help the NBA. Again, there's nothing – the, the offseason proved to be obviously super helpful for the NBA, uh, sort of just dividing, you know, with the Warriors dynasty ending – and a new era sort of beginning. I think that it's just, I think the, the NBA offseason did its job. It, it, it divided the NBA and made it a lot more fun. I think that, sure, these changes are cool and whatnot, but in the end, you don't need to be so extra with it, and you don't need to be, you know, the, the NBA offseason did its job. And, again, you talk about load management mm-hmm. injuries that have, you know, that have, played the NBA literally they've literally played the NBA like so many people have gotten hurt and so many superstars have sat out but in the end I think that when these guys do come back and you get KD back you get John Wall back you get all these guys that are actually hurt back yeah I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be definitely more entertaining and 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 I think right now it's very I mean I I I enjoy watching the NBA every I, I watch at least you know if the Heat are not playing, uh, you know, obviously that's who our who our team is, and and they're doing very well for themselves. But if the Heat aren't playing, I some, you know, most nights if I have nothing else to do, then I'll I'll turn on you know ESPN or TNT and and watch a game because, you know, a lot of them are good games and some of them aren't. And I see now, you know, then the the league is, you know, I've never seen them flex out, you know, to sub the uh, games out this early in the season, but they are, and I think that's due to ratings and stuff. But uh, yeah. one last thing I, I did want to get into and, and real quick, and um, we are now, most teams have played 20 to 22 games into the season now, and we're a quarter of the way through. From the time of the beginning of the season to now is, you know, do you have, has anything changed with your contenders and has anyone jumped into, hey, they have a good possibility of making the championship or winning? compared to the beginning of the season? Uh, not, not too much. I think that you still have those couple teams. Like, or has, any, that... has anyone, anyone distanced themselves from the pack, you know, like a Lakers or, or the Bucks or whatever? Has... Well, man, the, the Lakers look like they're – I mean, they, they've lost they're three rolling. games. So yeah, they're they're uh, they're really rolling right now, and and you know I I I'm biased when it comes to that because we're Heat fans, so there's some well, bias I mean, that's in it. For you know, I'm super high on the Heat. Not that we're gonna make the finals or whatever, but super high on them. Yeah, no, but, I mean, but I think that it's I think, it's it's early. It's early. I I don't I don't feel like really making any. Uh, predictions but, well I mean, I mean me I mean we are a quarter of the way through we by now teams have a good idea what they are you know they're either lottery teams they're gonna barely make the playoffs most likely or you're gonna be a top team in your conference I don't think anything's gonna change in that sense I think to me after watching you know the NBA for 20 to 22 games for each team I think the east is much deeper than what um, people give credit for uh, you have the Heat, 
the Raptors, the Bucks, the Celtics, the 76ers, you know, that's five teams right there. Plus you have the Pacers all with, you know, very good records. And then it kind of drops off after that. Um, in the Western Conference, again, you have basically five, six teams again with very good records. And I think, you know, it'll show, you know, one, I think everyone's very close except, you know, the Bucks and the, the, the Lakers look like they're going to, you know, they could run away with it and, and win their conferences. But, you know, you have the Mavericks who look all of a sudden like a, not a, cont- I wouldn't say contender, but at the same time, they're going to give a lot of people a run for their money in, uh, in April. Come April, May, and June, or April and May, I don't think they get the June. Uh, the Raptors and the Heat have really surprised people in terms of their records, and I, I, I don't see them stopping. I think both teams will kind of keep it up and maybe not at the pace they are right now, but no one's going to want to come and play them playoff time. But so far through a, a quarter of the way through the season, it's been pretty entertaining and uh, a lot of storylines, a lot of uh, stuff that we've been able to talk about and, you know, yeah. we have Christmas approaching and before you know it, it'll be February, March and all-star break will be here. And then we'll be uh, coming down the home stretch, getting ready for playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, so it's going to do it. Yeah. So I thank you guys for tuning in to episode three of the around the league podcast. Where can, where can you check us out? And uh... yeah, you can check us out on the anchor app. We're also available on Spotify and on the iTunes podcast app. So, yeah, thank you guys for coming to check in our third podcast. And uh, you can also third, check yeah, out our podcast. you can also check out our Instagram at underscore on the league underscore. And, you know, check us out on there as we'll be posting in notifications and other stuff, letting you guys know when we're going to go on air. Or when we're gonna when we're gonna post it every Saturday morning. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Uh, make sure to subscribe, guys. Again, like Jake said, Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Anchor, basically any uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, that's where you can catch us. Uh, and episode three in the books. We're gonna have a lot more episodes coming. Some guests coming on that we're we're securing as we speak and. Uh, Yeah, so episode three is done, and uh, peace out, guys. Peace out.